Welcome to Happy Hour with Julie and Liz. So Liz. Yes. We are opening Happy Hour podcast with a bit of breaking news. I I hope I want you to brace yourself. Okay, I'm I'm sitting down. Okay. Hunter Biden, I don't know if you've ever heard that name. Sounds familiar. It does. Is he on TV? Was he on a, like a sitcom? I'm sorry. I go think ahead. There were like some pictures of him somewhere. <laughs> in, in some, he's famous on the gram. Someone did something. Okay, um, yeah. Shocking news that he is under investigation. Wow. It's almost like I'd already heard that. <laughs> Wait, when? When did um, you hear this shocking breaking I think news? I heard it on October 22nd, 29th, actually, is when American Greatness reported it, but I don't um, know. That was Russian disinformation. Okay. I can't believe that you fell for it. This is legit, though, because it's in Politico and the New York Times and CNN. Actually, that makes me think it's precisely Russian disinformation <laughs> since those outlets have revealed themselves to actually transmit freely Russian disinformation. Yeah. Freely and the, proudly. The guillotine has been lifted from their throats by the official uh, ruling. The uh, Their oligarchs have instructed them now. You know, okay, so we'll get into the details of Hunter Biden, the latest or the not latest, but they're repackaging it as the latest. Um, what's going to be interesting is none of these outlets nor the big tech uh, overlords are going to apologize for initially packaging and explaining this to their brainwashed followers that they had this information. They mocked people. They censored people. They shut people down who were trying to report all of this, along with other of his peccadillos um but here it is in the mainstream and everybody's like oh now of course you also have people who are to your point thinking this is some kind of chicanery by the trump people to discredit joe biden before he tries to take the oath of office on january 20th well you know i think it's um not that because i don't put that much credit in the Trump people's ability to execute something like that. I think that there are case study in um, that that's my inclination. I definitely don't think that the Trump campaign plotted to leak this, just like I don't think the Trump campaign plotted to leak Eric Swalwell's fang bang friend. <laughs> um, his her Chinese honeypot, but that's a, we can talk about that later. But yes, I too, Julie, was shocked to find this story in the headlines when I had, in fact, read it in not on Twitter, mind you, of course, because we weren't allowed to talk about it on Twitter, um, mm-hmm. or YouTube or Facebook before the election to find out that Hunter Biden was under FBI investigation and he's under investigation from the authorities in New York, in mm-hmm. Delaware and in Pennsylvania. So it was really interesting. The time delay um, of a month and a half where mm-hmm. this is worthy of front page Politico coverage and Axios's big scoop <laughs> was like 
big scoop. Right. <laughs> you serious? Right. And and they're just going to pretend like they didn't play a part in squelching this story, which was very important, a very important story. As people were voting already, millions of Americans were already going to their polls or doctoring their mail-in ballots or <laughs> or ballot harvesting or whatever or sitting in a wheelchair somewhere where some nursing home uh, employee was forcing them to fill out Joe Biden's name but um yeah so let's go through a little bit of what Politico was reporting Ben Schreckinger is a reporter there he's actually done some pretty good investigations into the Bidens which were quickly covered up and ignored but he also looked into some of the Biden charities. So he's he's done some good work. So just we'll go through his report. Um, so as you said, Hunter Biden is under investigation by the U.S. Attorney's Office in Delaware uh, Securities Fraud Unit in the Southern District of New York, which is sort of shocking because that's sort of a prosecutorial arm of the Democratic Party. Um, probing potential money laundering and Hunter Biden's foreign ties. In addition to the probe into Hunter Biden, federal authorities in Western District of Pennsylvania are conducting a criminal investigation of hospital business in which James Biden, Joe Biden's brother, was involved. Now, that was ongoing also before the election. I believe his offices were raided or the health care or hospital he was associated with was also raided, raided, not rated. Um, So per usual, Joe Biden comes out and pretends that this is some kind of personal attack against his low-life son who's been scraping up yen and rubles all over (laughs) the world for more than a decade. President-elect Biden is deeply proud of his son, who has fought through difficult challenges, because, of course, only the Bidens have problems, including the vicious personal attacks of recent months, only to emerge stronger, which, of course, is not the case if you're under investigation by several uh, law enforcement units. So... Um, we'll see what happens now. There are some people who are thinking that this was planned all along, that this is going to be the way to get Joe Biden out of the Oval Office and put Kamala Harris in. That's a possibility. I do. I think that's a possibility. This stuff doesn't hit the headlines unless somebody's green lit it uh, uh, over the head of the writer. You know, this isn't like... You know, well, first of all, it was a leak to Axios, which means this was decided at some high level that it's okay to talk about this. And there's a reason. It's never because it's important. <laughs> That's not the reason it's in the headlines. Right. It's in the headlines because it's useful. And so it's you have to ask, you know why? Yeah. Qui bono, you know, who benefits from this? So I do think that that's that's one option and maybe things are heating up and he's going to go get in a, in Syria. He's maybe he's going to be indicted. You know, one thing that would apply in a normal circumstance is that eyebrows would be raised because two of Hunter Biden's business associates are actually in prison. That's right. For financial dealings, which, you know, that's a lot more than they ever had on the Trump family. And that didn't stop them from trying to drag Don Jr. and Eric through the through the mud. So there's definitely we we already know that Hunter Biden is compromised. 
very compromised. And Mm -hmm. Joe Biden, too, since the big guy got 10 percent of whatever racket they were running, nobody really knows what they did. Like what what was their deliverable? You know, like there's foreign money coming into his companies. He has like a hundred of them with mm-hmm. with all of the spawn, you know, of these these uh this the spawn of elected officials who wanna cash in. Yeah, John Kerry's um, John Kerry's son. son. Mm-hmm. And they're getting millions of dollars. They have big titles, but really what what is it you say you do here? <laughs> what what do they what is the expertise? What are what are you paying for? So that's not really clear. Um, well, I mean, we really we know what they're paying for, but I mean, the pretense of what what is your expertise or your uh, deliverable? So, um, I it, it I'm a little surprised to see this even come out. You know, they could have just moved forward like it never happened. They censored um, the story about the laptop for, that the New York Post broke, which is a great story. They censored Bobolik, right? That's um, Bobolinsky. Bobolinsky, right. Boba Fett, whatever. That's oh. a Star Wars character. Well, just call him Bobo. Bobo. They censored Bobo. They, I think YouTube banned anyone making videos about the Hunter Biden laptop and Facebook and YouTube. And so they could have just moved forward as if it never happened at all. So there's definitely a reason why it's coming out. The question is, why? Why? I think it, that's very a really good point. Um, I also couple, wonder- there's a couple groups that are pissed at Biden right now. Black Lives Matter is pissed mm-hmm. off at Biden. Um, I think the progressives are a little pissed because it seems like he's appointing the institutional dinosaurs. Of the left rather than the firebrands, the the AOC class. And so I think some of those people maybe, you, you know, it kind of an aggressive move. Like, you're, you know, we're going to get back at you if you don't if you don't do what we say. I mean, they want to cash in. These people think that they got him elected. So that's right. That's anyway, right. go ahead. You were going to say something. Um. Also, part of me wonders if. Now, we know that Ron Johnson's committee was investigating the Bidens and has been for several months, if not a couple of years. I also wonder if part of this was to protect uh, Hunter Biden and the Biden family's financials from any scrutiny by Senate Republicans to the extent that they would have the guts to try to obtain any of these records. So, I mean, but Ron Johnson's committee did do produce a pretty thorough report. And that's where we learned a lot of Hunter Biden's overseas racket, um, you know, the money from the Russian, the the wife of uh, former wife of the Moscow mayor and a lot of the China dealings. But I'm curious, I would be interested to know if Ron Johnson's committee investigators attempted to get any financial documents from Hunter Biden. And this would be the way to protect that, you know, by saying he's under investigation, we can't release it. I'm not sure, but. The, the sad part is we've seen so much we've seen the Justice Department obviously weaponized in so many ways, especially Southern District of New York as well. You have to think to your point that there's an ulterior motive here that what we're seeing in is not face value legitimate or, um, you know, that it's just some kind of truth telling all of a sudden by Politico and CNN. 
Yeah, there's nothing in any of these mainstream media outlets or that appears on cable news that is there because it's important for people to know. Every single thing that you read in the newspaper, on the website, or on these cable news stations are is there because somebody has an interest in getting out a narrative or they right. or it's been paid for by probably China which <laughs> which the New York Times freely does uh well now China i feel propaganda. like china is successfully in, uh integrated no it, what would you call it i'm lacking the word infiltrated infiltrated our uh universe, the media Republicans camp. There were pictures of him. With the, I mean, I feel like there may be some kind of dam that's about to break, and we're going to be shocked at how we've been betrayed by both parties um, in service to China, as the, oh, all they've absolutely. done is try to deflect with Russia, Russia, Russia. Absolutely, I agree with you. I mean, I think Trump did a good job of trying to do what he could. You know, he got the Confucius Institutes kicked out of a lot of universities. That's one way of that the that China has integrated itself into our culture. Um they prosecuted several academics, prestigious academics that were on the payroll of China but not disclosing it to the government. Um, at, I think the chairman of Harvard's chemistry department right. was one of those people. Um, we know the NBA is is completely subservient to China because they've got to sell Nikes and you need to have Muslim slave labor in Xinjiang um, <laughs> making those Nikes. And you, Hollywood changes its movie scripts so that China will buy and take the movie and and show it in China. So I, yeah, I think what, what we're seeing here is the consequences of having a capitalist society with no moral framework and the moral framework, which is traditionally religious, um, has been absolutely uh, assaulted for 50 years. And so we have people that don't have, a backstop, right? If somebody right. came to you and said, Julie, um, I love your book. I want to buy 10 million copies of it for China, you know, for China. And um, I just want you to write like an article once a week um, for, you know, saying something nice about, uh, you know, the Chinese, the Communist Party. And you have a sense of patriotism, so you probably wouldn't do that. But many people do not, and they would more, they're more than happy. How many billionaires do we have, and millionaires and billionaires do we have here because people have gotten greedy and they have no allegiance to the U.S. over other countries? You know, that's right. just another consequence of globalism. Look, money is money, is money right? Right. And... So I think that that's what we're, we're seeing the consequences of that, where people don't feel an allegiance. And plus, we're, sed, we're fed a steady diet of America sucks every single day by a bunch of the professional grievance class members. So that's a great that was a great way to articulate all the way that all the ways that our uh, colleges, our 
college campuses our expert class, um, professional sports, corporations, and our uh, elected officials are beholden to China. It's really disgusting. And if you go back to and look at all of the caterwauling when Trump was speaking the truth about China, when he levied the tariffs, when he made all kinds of threats, that's why politicians of both parties went absolutely nuts because um, he was once again disrupting what for, you know, at least a few decades has been this bipartisan effort to to not just shield China, but enrich them. Well, and respect. and also for these people to get enriched, family members get yeah. fellowships or um, we've seen the things China's done around the world with the what is it? Bridge and road or road and bridge initiative where they go into these cities and they revitalize them like in Italy or other mm. other cities that are, you know, unable financially to do it because they're, you know, socialists, they're Euro socialists mm-hmm. and they go in bridge and road. I think it's called that program where they go in and then, you know, you let China in and, you know, you can't really kick them out because they have your, they own the lease on the property now. So that's a similar situation here where family members are enriched, campaign donations appear out of nowhere, um, not really out of nowhere, but th- there are people whose financial have gotten very rich off this and they and they are threatened by it, including our corporations, which do a lot of business in China. So I mean, this is the sort of influence and control that Vladimir Putin could only dream of having. And the American people willingly or uh, or unwillingly have been duped by this cover story about Russia when really China has been the one infiltrating everything at great expense to, of course, so many people personally and businesses, et cetera. So um, remember back, I mean, we're about the same age. Remember in the eighties, the greatest decade um, when it was like a joke made in China. The, the is literally the greatest decade, decade. But made in China was like a joke, right? Everybody had that joke. It's like, oh, it's cheap shit made in China. Remember, that was the kind yes. of a big thing. Right. Where'd that go? Well, that's when we were being told that all of our kids would be speaking Japanese too. So that's that's fair. It's another lie. <laughs> but but you know that right. that seems to have been disappeared, and now everybody's more than happy to buy stuff made in China or made or, you know, do business with China or or, you know, cater to what China wants, what will allow to be shown in its society, something we we don't do here. Well, not by law. Of course, we have we have elitists and tech overlords that make sure we only see things we're supposed to. But you get my drift. So it's um. It's it's very it's this will be interesting to play out. I think the longer we'll eventually be able to figure out who is planting this, uh, you know, who's given the green light to start going after Hunter Biden. Now, it's got to be deep staters, right? I mean, to your point, it's got to be somebody. Now, I saw an interesting observation yesterday and it was that this is a sign to the Bidens, much like they did to Trump, but a little bit softer of a hammer, 
that these people are still in charge. Yep, that's right. That's, that's what right. you were saying about yep. the progressives. Like, yep. if you don't, this is like shot across the bow. If, yep. if they don't capitulate to what these hard left radicals who control these institutions, if Biden doesn't submit or Harris or whoever it is, um, they're going to pay a price. And the media, because the media is down with that. They are mm-hmm. hard left. So it's not like you could actually take a a story that's inflammatory or, you know, crazy information that you've dug up. They're they're not going to run it. You know, it's not like that's the criteria for getting into the news that there has to be more going on to let it to let it go further and have a story written about it. So this didn't just happen. And although they, they will claim that it was stoked because Hunter Biden made a statement, right? That's what they're saying started Mm -hmm. the story is that Hunter came out and said, I was just yesterday told, and it's like, well, everybody else in America on the right knew you were under investigation, you know, <laughs> was kind of weird. Right. But they would say, so I wonder why Hunter decided to come out with a statement to really kick off the, kick off the story. There has to be another reason why someone reached out, someone in the government reached out to his attorneys. Yeah, this is going to be interesting to watch how this yep. plays out. Um because, I mean, this story is everywhere. It's hard to avoid, although you do see regular people. This is part of either Trump disinformation or Russian disinformation that none of this is true, um, that Bill Barr targeted uh, Hunter Biden, which, of course, the investigation no. predated <laughs> Bill Barr's. Um, and, I mean, no one would think that SDNY is <laughs> yeah, friendly a tool of Trump. Right. So um, anyway, there's that going on. But like you said, Devin Archer was already convicted. I think it was overturned, but then they reinstated that conviction. Devin Archer, his business partner, um, Hunter Biden already has tax problems in July. He had to pay off a $453,000 lien against him for unpaid state taxes in uh, D.C., which he paid quickly, they said. Who knows where that information came from? Um, so there's that, there's a lot of different tentacles to this story. Definitely. Definitely. Speaking of tentacles, okay. <laughs> should we move along to our, uh, corrupted rigged stolen election? Oh gosh. Yeah. So that's still going on. Um, we're still this, the, the election is, is still being, I don't know. I don't the 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 mainstream media has already accepted it and staffed Biden's cabinets and, you know, want him to start being involved in the actual execution of the government by now. But the Trump campaign is still fighting this corrupt, shameful election. And the latest is that Texas has filed a lawsuit with the Supreme Court um, and it has been joined by 18 additional states um, suing Georgia, Michigan, Wisconsin, and Pennsylvania for their basically crazy ass election (laughs) procedure. Um, 
technically what they're suing over is that their elections were not did not follow the laws that were created by the state legislatures and the state legislatures are the one constitutionally tasked with uh making the laws that govern elections and so um also that the elections were not there's equal protection issues in each of these states where ballots were treated differently in one area than in another within each one of those states so when a state there's really nowhere else to go but the supreme court there's no process like a lot of these other litigation um lawsuits have to go through you know a district court then a state court then a circuit you know it it, Mm -hmm. it has to go through 10 courts but when a state sue another state the only place to go is the supreme court so that is has been filed the states pennsylvania michigan wisconsin georgia are required to respond to this lawsuit by 3 p.m this afternoon and i have heard from people who know these things and that are lawyers and I am not a lawyer that the, they think the court will discuss whether to take it up on their Friday weekly meeting, which obviously will be tomorrow. Okay. And so that's interesting. How does that play out? If you want they, to explain well, that. They can either take it up or not take it up. They, they, they have that option. So if they decide to take it up, this person, um, or people believe that that would happen on Saturday, that they would hear arguments on Saturday. So if they take the case up. Interesting. Yeah. So, but the, but the response has to be in by 3 PM today. Um, I did also hear that some of the Georgia legislature is thinking of signing on. So they would be like suing the state. (laughs) Georgia would sue itself. Right. Yeah. And if you do that too much, you will go blind. Just saying. Um, But that so that's also in the mix. And and people are pressuring their states. There's a couple states that really should sign on. I was wondering why Wyoming didn't. And then I was reminded that that is a Cheney that is Cheney country and never Trump land. So that's probably Ohio has not either. Ohio. Yeah. But they've got Mike DeWine. They've got that corpse running the state that and I I know that that the attorney general there is getting pressure to sign on I don't know um that this will probably be the last time any of those people hold elected office ever again (laughs) just saying or be be seen in public or heard from if you're listening to this and you are an attorney general of a state if you don't sign on to this and you're a republican your 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 career is over you will never be in public office again uh so that's that's the status. I think there are other lawsuits in different um, states of development around the country. I'm not sure. They're still appealing things. Um, Um, Yeah. Let's go through uh, the summary of the Texas lawsuit for people who have real jobs and lives and don't obsess about this stuff (laughs) 24-7 like we do. Um, So I thought the suit was very strong. There weren't any weird conspiracy theories in there. Nothing about, you know, Kraken or servers in Germany or things like that, which could be true, could not be true. But this is the easily provable um, evidence in these four states. 
I mean, look, in my opinion, the most egregious state is Pennsylvania. Trump had such a huge lead there. We know what happened in terms of observers. Uh, We know, too, that um, what Kathy Bukabar, who is the secretary of state there, who, by the way, I think it's important to note that she is appointed. I mean, in most states, the secretary of state, first of all. The secretary of state is a plum political job because, of course, they run, you know, the DMVs and they have all kinds of jobs and it's a great stepping stone to governor. She was appointed by Tom Wolf in 2019. She's a nobody. Nobody voted to put her in charge. That didn't matter, though, because she uh, unilaterally and unconstitutionally, as this lawsuit said, just ditched the state's signature verification statute extended the deadline, as we know, for receipt of mail-in ballots three days after the election. But I think, uh, including envelopes without a postmark, which the lawsuit talks about. But I think the biggest, one of the biggest things that happened in Pennsylvania was that, um, like Wisconsin, those two states, their state law said that they could not really touch, call it pre-canvassing, inspecting, any mail-in ballot until 7 a.m. on election day. So some states like Georgia expanded it, which is crazy that the Republicans did that there. But they started inspecting ballots weeks before election day. Those two states were very strict. You could not, no one could touch them because, of course, it had to be in the presence of election observers. And in Pennsylvania, the statute said you have to keep all mail-in ballots in locked containers that could be open on 7 a.m. Well, we know from news reporting and Bukva herself that election county election workers were already attempting to cure ballots to rectify naked ballots, meaning they did not put the security envelope inside the certification mailing envelope. So that was completely against the law on many levels. Pennsylvania and Wisconsin also do not have ballot curing. Um, like you saw in some states, whatever ballot, it, it had to be fixed, um, had to happen after Election Day, not before. And in some cases had to be tossed altogether. So Pennsylvania, that um, according to the lawsuit, the number of constitutionally tainted ballots far exceeds the approximately eight, 81,660 votes separating the candidates. Um So we'll go through quickly. Georgia um, is just a complete shit show, that whole state. Uh, This Brad Raffensperger, who is their secretary of state, is a disaster. Uh, That guy, shady as hell, wrote an op-ed that was published in Monday's Wall Street Journal claiming that the 2020 election was the most secure in history. Just a phenomenally stupid, uh, dishonest statement. And accused President Trump, by the way, of running the Stacey Abrams playbook by not by refusing to concede. Anyway, the lawsuit contends that Raffensperger made unconstitutional changes to Georgia election law. The settlement that he entered into in March 2020 with the Democratic Party, including Stacey Abrams, uh, made it much harder to challenge signatures on absentee ballots. Uh, Change was not approved by the legislature. I think it was something like you needed three people to sign off to challenge a signature. Um, This is crazy, Liz. This stat blew my mind. There were uh, more than 1.3 million mail-in ballots cast in Georgia in 2020. Only 4,786 were rejected. Wow. In 2016, 2016, 
213,000 mail-in ballots. So what is that? Not quite six times as many fewer in 2016 and 2020. Yeah, that's incredible. But they rejected 13,677 mail-in ballots. So three times more or three times more rejected ballots in 2016 with nearly six times fewer total ballots. So the rejection rate in 2020 was 0.37%. In 2016, it was 6.42%. That's it's crazy. It's crazy. It's ridiculous. And it's the, it's the kind of thing somebody would, would orchestrate if they knew there were absolutely no way they'd ever get caught and held accountable because it's so outrageous. I mean, in order to do something like that, and this, again, this, this was, this, this was intentionally done. They intentionally um, allowed, you know, didn't challenge signatures, didn't check signatures, didn't check the process the ballot, you know, accepted ballots that shouldn't have been, I mean, it was all done on purpose. And it was done by people who knew that they would never get caught for doing it. It's, re- it's, you know, this isn't like a couple of, 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 of rogue fraud cases, right? This right. is tons and tons and ton- tens of thousands of ballots. What so, are Brian Kemp Brad Raffensperger, what are they thinking? Are they covering up their tracks for Dominion? I mean, again, Georgia also, they use Dominion voting systems for the first time in the general election, which is crazy. You didn't even try it out on like the dog catcher election. But I'm watching these guys thinking, what what are you doing? Well, I do think that that's um, I do think that that is one good possibility is that they are covering up for their own bad behavior. I mean, there is a mutually assured destruction element that's usually present in politics. So I do think that that's one thing. They could just be, they could just hate Trump so much that they're willing to allow anything um, to get rid of him. And they think that they'll survive it, which will be a mistake, actually. I mean, survive it politically. I'm not saying survive it, like, you know. Well, Right. <laughs> like, I'm just saying, I well, I need to make it clear. I just want to make it clear. Um, so I, I do. But h- how do you make an agreement with how do you enter in, you know, agree with Stacey Abrams and not fight her on these changes that, you know, are just allow unbelievable amount of voter fraud? All of these changes to the system that were done outside the state legislatures well, they're it, only there to make it easier to cheat. That's well, it. Right. But let's it's use. It's helpful to remind our listener that all four of these states, the state legislatures, House and Senate in all four states are run by Republicans in Wisconsin. I think they have a supermajority in the they House. Do. Yes, you're right. Why did Pennsylvania had this discussion with Chris Stigall this morning on his radio show? Why did Pennsylvania Republicans pass Act 77 last year, let Tom Wolf sign off on it, then come back a year or so later and say it's unconstitutional? It's too late. Obviously, it was unconstitutional when they passed it. Why did they turn over the keys to that rogue election 
to Tom Wolf and the Democrats. Well, also, didn't they need to amend their constitution? They passed laws that required the Pennsylvania state constitution to be changed. And then they started that process and they never finished it. But yet the law stayed. And so that's another legal sticking point in some of these cases, which is that they never changed the, you know, the laws they passed were in 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 um, opposition to the state Pennsylvania Constitution. That's right. So it, it's hard to it's hard not to think that there's some benefit going on that we don't know about. Yes, I'm sure. You um, know. Let's talk really quick about Michigan and Wisconsin before we get to where we think this is going to go. So um, the lawsuit also says in Michigan, Democratic Secretary of State again announced that her office would send 7.7 million registered voters a uh, mail-in ballot application, also direct contravention to the state law. Furthermore, the Secretary of State is not vested with the authority to send mail-in ballot applications. The legislature legislature specifically took that authority away or never vested it with her. It's only local elected officials who are able to send um, those mail-in ballot applications. So she flooded the state with these applications. I think there were something like 3.1 million absentee ballots in Michigan, more than these other states. Also, they moved all of the ballot and polling uh, ballot um, processing to the TCF Center was the only counting facility for the city of Detroit. What could go wrong there, right? Um, Signature verification requirements were ignored. Observers, of course, kept far, far away or denied access altogether, running ballots through the tabulators multiple times. Um, Biden's margin of victory in Michigan is about 146,000. Wisconsin broke several laws as well. The Wisconsin Election Commission, again, not elected, appointed, took it upon themselves to also um, break several state uh, uh, election laws. One of the most, and I think of all the things that we've covered or I've written about, this was the craziest that you had. So Wisconsin, on the certification envelope for a mail-in, you had to put your the voter signature, a witness, and the witness's address. As these mail-in ballots were going to county uh, election agencies, you had workers, if the witness address was missing, just had them fill it in. Totally doctored ballot. No permission by the voter, no authority from the voter, no way to know if the address was actually, okay, here's um, John Smith from whatever how do you know that his address is right? Furthermore, they had 500 unmanned drop boxes in the state's five largest cities. They were never um, secured. They were unmanned. And, of course, no chain of custody available from who dropped it off to where it went. And, of course, Trump's uh, deficit in Wisconsin is only about 20,000 votes. Yeah. Well, <clears throat> my question now is what can what can be done about this like this so these shit shows are have been litigated and they're you know they're working their way up the 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 lawsuit chain um what what can be done i mean both both at the state level i'm and i think that answer is a little bit easier 
to formulate than to ask what the Supreme Court is going to do with Texas. So let's talk about the state situations first. I mean, you can have a court say, yes, any ballot that came in after this date can, if if that's even possible, because, you know, once they take the ballots out of the envelopes with the signatures and the witness address and all that, there's no way to know how many, you know, which ballot is which. There's not. That's right. So and so on purpose, I'm sure that stuff's been long burned um, in a dumpster fire. But how do you remedy this situation now, looking at the election as it played out? What do you do? How do you know? Do you get rid of votes? And if you do, how do you know which votes to get rid of? Well, there's no way to. So it would just have to be. And obviously, I'm not a lawyer. There's no way to go back. All of those certification envelopes are going to be trashed. All the envelopes are gone. There's no way to connect a bad, a missing envelope now with the ballot. There's no way to know. So um, I guess there are a couple of things. We'll see if the Supreme Court takes it up. Uh, there are legal minds on, well, used to be on our side. Who knows where these people are anymore? <laughs> Who think that this is a frivolous lawsuit? Um, and question its validity. Um, So you have to take that into account. It does seem like a long shot. But I think it's fair to say the ultimate responsibility is with the state legislatures who are planning to meet on December 14th. This is basically what the uh, lawsuit says, is that these electoral slates should not be certified by state legislatures. So ultimately, and it seems like constitutionally, the final say is, well, not the final final, as you said, Congress, but the final so far will be December 14th and approving these electoral slates on behalf of Joe Biden, even though these Republicans who are in charge of the House and Senate in these four states know um, how badly this execute uh, how badly the election was executed that the democrats cheated that people broke laws in plain sight um and so i that seems to be the quickest remedy will these people do it probably not i mean that's that's i don't think they're gonna i don't think they're gonna do it i think they're cowards i think they're not gonna do it even if it means that they're i think they believe this will blow over and that they'll Mm -hmm. get reelected that would be a, a mistake because this, I don't think this is going to blow over. So we do have those situations in Wisconsin, Michigan, and Pennsylvania, and Georgia, right? Those are all Republican legislatures. That's they, right. They could just reject the electors. So there's that option. I would say that there's no chance of that happening. Um, if that were to happen, um I don't know. I I was going to make a bet or something, but I just like war, like I'll buy you a new car, Julie, because I just don't (laughs) think it's going to happen. I'll buy you a new S class or whatever, you know, buy you a G wagon. Um, It's not going to happen. So there's that. But now let's talk about what the Supreme Court can do. Okay. Because that is a much more interesting and complicated situation. Um, What is the Supreme? The Supreme Court is not, you know, they don't make legislation. They just decide an issue, really. They, they, I guess they're going to, I'm not even sure what they're really going, being asked. Um, I guess they could say, yes, Texas has been damaged. Texas and all the states that followed the rules didn't have a fuck show um, on election day or in the election process. 
I guess they could say that. But then what? Well, it does seem like they could sign off on the violation of the electors clause, which was really the first charge in the lawsuit. And that is that these states openly violated that the constitutional authority rests within the state legislature. They set the election laws, but then those laws were violated. Whose responsibility is that? I I don't know. Um, But is that something that the Supreme Court judges that they they determine, okay, well, yes, these four states did violate the electors clause because they had election laws that were not. Uh, enforced. But then I, what? Right. So, I mean, because. So then that, those electors just aren't slate. I mean, is there a way just not to see? Well, no, I don't think they would do states? that. See, the Supreme Court isn't going to say so the no. Biden electors are invalid. Of course what not. they're what they're going to say is it goes back to the state legislatures to decide how to handle it. And yep. that's what they might say, in which case pussy time. You know, these are cowards. So yep. that's I think that's one you know, the, I think that that is likely to happen because, again, the Supreme Court isn't they don't order people to do things. You know, they right. don't they, they they don't they make decisions on laws so they could ultimately what if they say, yes, you're right on all of these things when they and they are, you know, they could say, yes, you're, you know, there was do there's due process file or not due process violation. There's amendment. Right. Yeah. There, right. Th- that. There's um, all the you're right on all these things. But then the question is, what's the remedy? And I think the remedy they're going to say, because this is a conservative thing to do, is say, yes, that's correct. It's up to the states to figure out how to handle that. Their shit show. They're they're the legislatures. And I think that that's what they're going to do, in which case, (laughs) you know. Then it's up to the cowards to decide whether they're going to say, because. Th- and they are going to say our state law requires us, the, the, the laws that the laws that we enacted that we didn't enforce, but we're going to choose to abide by this law that says no matter what happens, whoever wins the popular vote, we are forced to vote to certify those electors. That's what that that, they'll everybody's going to hide. You know, I mean, you know this and I'm sure the people listening know this. Everybody's going to hide behind whatever caveat or excuse they could possibly come up with. Um, They have no backing. Why would Republicans help Trump? Because he's probably going to lose at the end of the day. They have no support from Republicans in the Senate. Everybody is ready to move on. Their own senators are ready to move on. I mean, we've seen comments from Pat Toomey uh, a couple of weeks ago congratulating Joe Biden. So not going to get any support from your Pennsylvania senator, Republican, quote unquote. So I, you just have to really think, what's the risk? Would you take it to what? Defend a country and a constitution that increasingly none of it matters? Well, and it's uncomfortable in the short term for these people. They're going to be targeted. They're probably going to be assaulted. They might even have some assassination attempts made on them. Um, Their children, their their businesses. Yes. Mm -hmm. I mean, they're they're, there. It's definitely a tall order. Um, But but one other point is that and they might even use this excuse in some in some, if not all, is they don't really know who won. 
the yeah. election. So right. It's not that that you can't just say, well, Trump won because of the cheating. I mean, you technically really don't know that. I, I, I mean, I have no doubt he really did win. But I say that because I, I just I don't have science behind. You know what I mean? I have no evidence. I can't say, well, once we take these 53,000 votes out that were frauds, that puts Trump in the lead. No one can say that. Nobody can make claims like that. So I think that just gives them more cover to to, to go with the, the status quo. I think people, regular people, though, just know none of this adds up. How yeah. could we flip all of these Republican House seats? How could we really hold the Senate? Um, in Pennsylvania, for example, I wrote about this. How can Joe Biden get 81,000 more votes than Trump, but their sitting Democrat incumbent um, state treasurer, who is a Democrat, was slated to run for either Senate or governor in 2022, I mean, that guy lost by like 200,000 votes. It wasn't even close. And it was the first time an incumbent Democrat statewide candidate had lost since 1994, which, of course, we know was the huge um, Tea Party uh, election year. They lost another um, statewide uh, uh, race. Uh, Republican won by another 200,000 votes. So, uh, you know, Sean Parnell almost beat Connor Lamb, which was supposed to be a solid, safe uh, Democratic uh, hold. So there was a huge red wave in Pennsylvania uh, uh, out of all of these states. I think Michigan would be a hard sell. I never I didn't really think Trump would win Michigan, but I thought Pennsylvania and Wisconsin for sure. So just none of this makes any sense to people. How could Joe Biden allegedly win by six million votes, but were, you know, pick up how many House seats and are within striking distance of Nancy Pelosi set up for 2022. It just, it doesn't add up to people. And that's what they, that's just a sense. It's what people feel in their bones. And, you know, so I think that that's why to your point, no, is there any way to prove that Joe Biden didn't win these States? Probably not, but it just doesn't feel right. Well, right. And also the voting pattern anomalies are, there's several voting pattern anomalies in each one of these States, not, I mean, there's a bunch of different patterns in each state that make no sense, that in each one by themselves is highly unlikely. But then having four of them happen at the same time is like going in to buy the winning lottery ticket, walking outside of the store, being struck by lightning, and then landing on a four-leaf clover. I mean, (laughs) it's just not possible to have all these things happen at once. I mean, it, it... so I, I agree with you, but I do think that the legislature, those legislators will use that as an excuse and say, well, we don't really know who won. Now, the consequences of this shit show are mm-hmm. at, are going to be grave. You know, you have Trump with 74 million voters. You have, I don't know, there was a Pew poll or a poll that came out that said 70% of Trump voters think the election was stolen. That's about 55 million people. Um, you know, there's a real problem now. People do not trust. It's like they already don't trust the media. They're already suspicious of politicians. And now they don't trust our election system, which is kind of like the last resort people have to air their grievances, you know, to, to right. 
to make a change if you don't like what the, your representatives. And now you don't even have that. What right? What's, and what is going to happen at now with that? Well, look. First, I think on the upside. I think people are going to regret that Donald Trump is outside now pissing in instead yeah, of yeah. inside out because that guy is going to be completely unleashed. And before he gets arrested for the various made up crimes that, um, you know, the SDNY is looking at, he is going to just raise holy hell for everyone, including Republicans. Joe Biden is such a damaged, incapable president. He gave this bizarro press conference the other day when he couldn't even pronounce uh Javier Beccaria that dude Beccaria <laughs> Macarena oh be- Becerra it's not like the guy's a nobody right he's the attorney general I know of his California name. yeah but then Biden the funniest part was how Biden announced it he he announced it like he was announcing the best picture nominee yeah. for the Academy Awards he's like I nominate yeah, for an agency that doesn't exist, the Department of Health and Education. He what didn't is make that? up an agency. Right, he did. What is that? So the guy's completely incapable. How he is even going to stand on a podium and take the oath of office is I, it's beyond imaginable. But so now he's really damaged. You have, have, you know, like you said, tens of millions of American voters who think he stole the election. Furthermore, you have Democrats who know that he was elected. He's not capable of running the country. He can, can't even like pull his own dog's tail without tripping on a rug and fracturing his toes. And you have Kamala Harris there licking her chops. But you, as you said at the beginning of the show, you also have a Democratic Party that is in a massive disarray because Biden, Biden is installing all the Obama loyalists. I mean, we got Susan Rice back. We have Tom Vilsack back running ag like you couldn't find anyone edgier than than him. Um, you know, you've got the war party people ready to put more troops in the Middle East somewhere. So this is not a progressive, happy uh, Democratic base. And that's going to be uh, a real disaster for the Democratic Party, too. They're they're in bad shape and you're going to have. Democrats in the House who barely won, who barely overcame the the um, burden that is the squad in AOC, you know, they're not going to be all jazzed about court packing and getting rid of the Electoral College and reparations and all the things that the squad wants. So it's um, it, to that point, that's why I say, fine, let the Democrats have a tie in the Senate. Let's, you know, bring it. Let, let's see what they want to do with this. I think either way, I think it's going to be a rough, a rough time. Yep. And I'm, I'm mostly interested in watching how the media covers it because I hate the media so much Mm -hmm. and I, I want to see, they're just going to be like fondling Biden's balls gently, you know, (laughs) like they're just going to be so that's a real nice. I'm sorry. That's gross. It is. But but the but the sentiment is accurate, you know, that it's right. going to be just a very gentle, charitable reporting of Biden and his and the going on in his um, administration, I think. Um, or maybe not. You know, they may they may get frustrated because these people want pitchforks and, and torches. And I don't know if Biden is going to do that. 
What do you think? I mean, do you, he can't really get super progressive or they'll just get wiped out in 2022. I don't know. That's why it's going to be interesting to watch. You did see uh, the media get a little torqued off yesterday, which was hilarious. Jake Tapper all mad that um, they delayed any comment up to directly to CNN about the Hunter Biden investigation and instead just released the transition team release. So Jake Tapper was sort of like, hey, if you're going to, you know, try to cover up bad news and do this to us, we're not going to do it through us. Like what? (laughs) Did you, you not just to- watch your own interview with with them? I, please. This um, morning in my morning greatness, I called him the Ron Popeil of CNN. <laughs> I don't know if you remember Ron Popeil. He's the dude in the infomercials every night, you know, where he's hawking like toaster oh ovens. God, right. Flashback. Remember? That's yeah. like I consider these people to be nothing more than spokesmen for a brand. Right. You know, they're not journalists. They're selling they're selling something. And they're selling their narrative, but they're certainly not, they should not be afforded any level of concern or any acknowledgement that they're professional in any Incredible. way, shape, any yeah, way, shape, like, or form. Oh, so once in a while, Jake, you're going to pretend to have a little Twitter outburst about the Biden people. And then when you actually have a chance to confront them, just sit there and swoon, like, come on. This gross. Rick Rennell called him out really nicely yesterday. Did you see what he said um, when Jake about when Jake Tapper tweeted out the Hunter Biden story. Grinnell said, were you asked not to cover this until after the election? He's like, this is an old story. It's already been out. Were you asked not to cover this? So at least there's Rick Grinnell, who (sighs) is one of the few people um, who doesn't mind slitting throats and taking names. Um, So that was, that was enjoyable. Uh, but that's our hour, which went by quickly. Wow. We didn't even get to lockdowns. Oh, well, um, let's do, we can do a little bit on lockdowns. Let's like, do, we we can't leave without bitching about coronavirus lockdowns. I mean, that's kind well, of our signature thing. <laughs> we can't. And look, I think the biggest problem that we face right now, all the political buzz aside, is um, continuing these horrendous, catastrophic lockdown policies. And you could see the Biden people all are already prepared to continue this for months, if not for the entirety of 2021. Biden came out with some ridiculous statement about 100 days to wear a mask, which, of course, has no scientific basis at all. You have Democratic and Republican governors continuing to shut down major sections of their economy, especially hospitality and travel, which is just devastating. This, of course, will be the pretext for a huge multi-trillion dollar bailout uh, that the Democrats are going to try to push as soon as Biden is in um, the Oval Office. But the suffering that is going on, it just continues to mount. It is the most, it's not even uh, scientific anymore. It's just complete tyranny. And people really, I think that's the most frightening aspect for me of uh, Biden administration. His new CDC director, uh, Pointy, was out the other day talking about America is coding. We're coding. Okay, yes, you're right. We're coding, but not because of COVID. We are destroying our economy, our children's 
We are racking up massive debt that we will never be able to pay for. We're brainwashing people. People are living in fear. They're turning on each other. I mean, that's why we're coding. We're not coding over a virus that, you know, 99.7% of people recover from. So that is, to me, the most alarming aspect of Joe Biden taking uh, taking office. Well, Julie, my question, my question is, who isn't wearing masks? Because everywhere I go, people are wearing masks. Um, I live in Northern Virginia, um, which is basically Washington, D.C. I don't, you know, I don't go out much because there's really nowhere to go. But when I do go out, everywhere I go, I see people with masks. The grocery store, the drugstore, that's how exciting my life is. But restaurant, to go out to eat, everybody's wearing masks. Where are, why is this spreading? I mean, how are people getting this? I don't see people without masks. So I don't know. You're not wearing enough masks. You need to wear two masks, which Joe Biden wears, apparently. Um, It's just so stupid. It's like. It's all so stupid. The disease is, the virus is still spreading. It's highly contagious. It's going to spread. And yet. Who who is Joe Biden's directive like aimed at if everyone's already wearing a mask? That's how out of touch these idiots are. You know, it's like, right. Is he thinks he's going to change things because he's have 100 days of wearing a mask to people who already are wearing a mask? I mean, (coughs) excuse me. It's not even because people buy into this idea that the mask is some immunity shield. You can't go in inside anywhere there. It's required to to go into the grocery store, to go to a restaurant, That's right. to go to a mall. You have to wear a mask. I had to wear a mask to go get a manicure or pedicure or to go get my hair done. That's right. So what? And even in states, I'm in southwestern Florida right now. And I mean, this is Trump country. I mean, these are a lot of Midwesterners who come down here to escape our blue states like I have. Um <laughs> 90% of people are wearing masks like you are still and you don't have to in these restaurants walk in. But if you walk in and there's an older couple there, they will stare at you like you have a gun in your hand and you're pointing it at their head. So even in so-called free states, there's still uh, a ton of mask obedience of mask shaming. And this has been go. I mean, I think it's worse now in southwestern Florida than it was in eight when I was here in April. Um, and so people are brainwashed on both sides. They're wearing masks. Obviously, it doesn't work. Oh, except it does work, Liz, for the flu. I don't know if you heard that. Oh, there's no flu, right? <laughs> but the flu is completely gone. And I heard this on a local Florida station. Yeah. And this also happened in Arizona, where they said they've had zero reported cases of flu in September, October, first time ever. And the experts attribute that to social dust- distancing and face masks. So the flu or, or virus, that the flu is being diagnosed as COVID. <laughs> there are no flu droplets apparently. Um, All right. But plenty of uh, COVID droplets. So that's just. I think that's going to be our biggest battle in 2021 is overcoming this nonstop hysteria cycle about COVID. Yeah, and every day more and more of our elite. Um, elite members of society, specifically political representatives, are busted for breaking their own lockdown rules. Just yesterday, five L.A. city council people, all Democrats, were busted for eating outside at a restaurant when that's not allowed. 
So it's it's also hard to sell people on something that the the you know that who the people who are ordering it aren't even following it themselves. And That's yet right. this is a deadly disease. So it's like, well, maybe you don't really believe it's deadly. You know, it's just like Newsom eating at its fancy restaurant with a bunch of medical people. Well, I mean, how do you, why would you expect the average person to think, take this seriously when you don't take it seriously? So, and then of course you're right. I think that's also going to really foment the um, anti-government sentiment are these lockdowns. You know, you already have a bunch of pissed off Republicans Mm -hmm. and you probably have a lot of people who aren't Republicans that are really pissed off that these lockdowns are ruining their business ruining their neighborhoods, ruining their cities. I mean, people are, everyone's going to move to Florida and Texas. I know Florida is going to need to like annex Georgia or Alabama or something. There's not going to be enough room for all the people planning to move there here. Should be, there needs to be like an ideological test. You know what I mean? You, you have to be yes. like, we have our quota of nutters here. You can't come in if you um, are a nutter, but that's right. People are moving. The cities are being destroyed. And then there's even longer term consequences I saw Elon Musk is moving out to Austin, Texas. He's moving his business out there. Um, I just saw Rob Schneider, the Hollywood dude. He's moving. He's leaving. A lot of people are leaving California. Well, what's going to happen? Shapiro left, right? He left. They're not going to have anyone to tax for all their idiot social programs. This in New York, I think the same thing is going to happen too. Plus, people want their kids to go to school. Yeah, what's happening to our kids? You and I have talked about this offline. I have a high schooler and a college student, and they're, you know, some of the best years of their life, of anyone's life, high school and college, are being completely ruined ruined for no reason. And they have no hope that this is going to end soon. And it's destroyed friendships that they've had. Um, You know, I mean, geez, these high schoolers are like trapped in their house. All their activities have been taken away. No graduation, no prom, no homecoming, you know senior night for the football team or the dance team or, you know, your last performance as a band member or, uh, you know, a, a, a theater person, all of the things that we look back on uh, and cherish as memories, rites of passage, completely stripped away for what? No reason. And Joe Biden tipped his hand the other day. We are going to be looking at at least a hundred billion dollar payoff to teachers unions to for whatever overtime they want or whatever combat pay they want, ventilation systems, et cetera, bullshit mitigation for COVID um, because they're holding our kids hostage. And um, so they're going to get a big payoff from Joe Biden. Yeah, well, we'll see. I think there's going to be all sorts of consequences that we can't even imagine yes. that are that are coming from this. And, yes. um, you know, it's a. Uh, it's long overdue for people to revolt against these unaccountable bureaucrats or in some cases, people that they've elected and voted for <clears throat> who are just power hungry. So yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. So on that I, happy note, I know we're always just leaving you on a high <laughs> note. Just kidding. We're not, but thank just you so much. More. Thank you so much for listening to our hour here. We uh, can be found on iTunes and you can subscribe there. Um, We will be back next week with more happiness. We'll have more to talk about. We should hear from the Supreme Court. There should be more legal developments. Who the hell knows what else is going to happen in the meantime? (laughs) I don't want to rule anything out. 
But thanks again for listening and we'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to Happy Hour with Julie and Liz. We'll see you next week.